Cole and Emily, come on up. Tim. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. <clears throat> All right. Thank you for setting this up. Appreciate it. Good morning, everybody. Good to be with you all uh, this morning. Um, hey, just want to shout out the worship team. That was awesome. Great job. Um, totally unbiased opinion. I've led worship at a lot of different places, and I think Church of the Holy Spirit does it better than a lot. So, um, yeah, unbiased, but uh, don't, don't take it for granted. Um, will you pray for us? Yeah. Lord, thank you that your Holy Spirit is here. And Lord, your Holy Spirit is amazing. And Lord, we also want to thank you for giving us your word because your word can amaze us. It can dazzle us just as much as anything that your Holy Spirit can do. So Father, please magnify your word and your spirit this morning. And would your name that needs no defenses or explanations be honored, loved, and beheld this morning among our church family and until you come back. And Father, that we would remember that your name alone is a strong tower and the righteous man can run in and be safe. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, for... For those of you who don't know us, uh, we are Cole and Emily Massey. Um, I grew up here in, at Church of the Holy Spirit. Some of you, many of you came up to me and said that you knew me when I was a baby, and here I am, married, <laughs> and uh, this is us. Uh, this is our golden doodle, Tex. Uh, he's our best friend. Um, we love him very much. He's 35 pounds of pure joy, and um, as you can see, we are uh, Hokies, very happy Hokies, and uh, we graduated from Virginia Tech in 2020. We met there. Um, I was a junior. Emily was a sophomore, and uh, we fell in love and got married in July of 2021, and uh, the reason we're up here is because we got an email about three weeks ago from Aaron Love on behalf of Quig saying, you guys are speaking on New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> And we so were like, if you're wondering why we're up here, we are too. We are also yeah. wondering that. So, <laughs> um, so we're here, and um, so happy to be here. Yeah, super happy to be here. <laughs> and um, one of the reasons why we're here, and one of the things that we've been thinking about as we were preparing for today, is we've got a baby on the way. Um, so, yeah, very excited. Um, Emily is 22 weeks pregnant. Um, Healthy baby, healthy mom, everything is going very well, um, which, is, which is awesome. We're very grateful for our doctors and um, just the gift of life. The Lord is amazing. It's crazy to see the spine of the child at 20 weeks. You're like, that's a real spine. Um, it's crazy. Um, but uh, the topic that we're going to be talking about today is the, the names of God. And um, we have already named our son um, we feel like the Lord has given us his name. He's going to be Michael Shepherd Massey. Um, and Emily's going to tell you a little bit about how that came up. So, yeah, we think names are super important. And we want every time we call out to our son um, to be speaking into who he is and who he's becoming. And so the name Michael means he who is like God. And our son's grandpa 
is named Michael. Some of you might know him. Um, and he has an apostolic gifting. And then Cole's name is actually, his first name is Michael as well. So, and you guys know Cole leads worship. Some of you know that. Um, so we are praying that our son will have an apostolic gifting and a worship gifting and more gifting than that, you know, <laughs> that the Lord would bring even more blessing to him. But also, so he'll actually go by shepherd. And the Lord has deeply marked me and our family with his shepherding in the season of conception and pregnancy with our son through um, Psalm 23. Yeah. So sorry, no Instagram name reveal, um, but we do ask that you would partner with us as we pray this over our son. Yeah. Um, so like Emily said, names, names are really important. Um, and a huge part of our story is learning about God's different names. He has, he has many different names that are used all throughout scripture. And um, those names can have a significant impact and have had a huge impact on, on our lives, our personal lives, our marriage life, and our, our prayer lives. So when I was a freshman in college, I went to the Lifeway Christian Bookstore when you could still go into the Lifeway Christian Bookstore before they were all closed, sadly. Um, and I got a little blue book that was called Praying Through the Names of God. And the Lord really marked me and blessed me while I was reading that book. And I think that God gives us his names as gifts and wants those names to be a part of our everyday encounter with him as we go into the secret place. Um, so for me, I think that Psalm 23 is a great place to start putting the gift of God's names to use. Yeah. And, um, sorry, <laughs> what do I mean by that is, um, and we think we have another slide, but God's names, we think, help you discover who God is, remember who God has been in your history with him, and then also God's names help you pray for who you know God to be in the life of a friend. Yeah. Um, and then also we can use God's names to pray for others, right? We can, um, if you know of somebody in your life that is sick or dealing with some sort of um, injury or ailment or, you know, there's all kinds of different ways that we can pray God's names. In those cases, we can pray Jehovah Rapha, right? The God who heals. And we can pray that the great physician, the God who heals, will come into that person's life and heal them. We believe that he can do that. Yeah, and Cole kind of covered that third bullet point there, that number three. But um, we also use God's names as an example to remember our history with him and what he's done. So if our family has a financial need, presently, and we've seen God fulfill a financial need in the life of a friend or our family members, we can remember God as Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, and that's going to bless us and bless him at the same time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so moving forward, part of, part of what Quig asked us to do as well was to kind of share our testimony as it pertained to the scripture we were talking about. And so um, as, as we've already been talking about the names of God, we thought it would be great to, to go through Psalm 23. Um, we're not going to go through all of them to, you know, at once. There's a, a lot of names. But um, we thought it would be cool to kind of talk about a couple that really resonate with us specifically. And so for me, the, there were two that I really picked and that I felt like go hand in hand. And that's Jehovah Shalom, God my peace, and Jehovah Shema, God who is there. Um, so I, I want to look at... Um, 
verses 2 through 4 again of Psalm 23. Um, and just let, let this kind of wash over you. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So, um, for me, my testimony with both Jehovah Shalom and Jehovah Shema, I, I grew up a pretty happy-go-lucky person. I was always very positive and, you know, fun-loving, and I'd never really dealt with this thing called anxiety, right? It's definitely something that's a much more commonly used term uh, these days, and I had never really dealt with it. I honestly didn't think it was real. When I, uh, when I would hear of somebody dealing with bouts of anxiety, I was kind of insensitive to them. I kind of thought, what are you talking about? That's not a real emotion. Get over yourself, right? Um, which was obviously the wrong thing, but I, I didn't have any experience with that until um, a couple years ago. I started really dealing with intrusive thoughts and um, some serious anxiety having to do with my past and how it might affect my future and just not trusting in the Lord and his grace in my life and Jesus going to the cross for our sins, right? You know, there's, that's a whole other conversation in and of itself, but, you know, I was really dealing with it and that was before we got married and then it kind of went away as we got married. Um, you know, we were kind of on the emotional high of being a newly married couple and then it reared its ugly head a few months after we got married and, and that really began about a year and a half long daily battle with fear and anxiety. Um, every day not wanting to get out of bed, um, a pit in my stomach, just feeling the weight of my sin, guilt, shame, you name it. And it all was leading to this thing called anxiety, right? And every day I was asking the Lord, take this from me, take this from me, rescue me from this, take this anxiety from me, Lord. And it wasn't, it wasn't happening, right? And then you start questioning is God with me? Does he love me? Am I doing something wrong? Is something wrong with me? And over time, I think I just started learning, you know, maybe I'm asking the wrong question. Maybe asking the Lord to rescue me from this, to take me from this, is keeping me from learning what he's trying to teach me, right? And over time, I started learning that the whole time he was trying to teach me how to experience the green pastures or the, the still waters when I was in the valley of the shadow of death, right? And so the reason why I kind of put these two together in my mind is because if God's there, if God's been to that place that you're in, then you can experience his peace, right? Philippians 4, 6 talks about the peace that surpasses all understanding. And we can only experience that if God has already been there. And the, the beauty is he has been. He's already been in your circumstance. He's already gone there, and gone before you and come behind you in that place, right? And so it required me over that time, and it still requires me to do this. This isn't, a, this isn't something that just goes away, right? It'll come back. It comes back frequently. It required me to be on my knees, right? It required me to ask for the Lord's presence. It required me to worship 
when I did not feel like worshiping. You know, the mornings that I was going through this and I would be up here playing the piano and singing, I did not feel like it. But there's a beauty in choosing it, right? There's a beauty in choosing, you know what, Lord, I'm still going to worship, even though I've got this pit in my stomach that I feel like is never going to go away. And, and so the lesson there for me was that God's peace that surpasses understanding, it's not always a feeling, it's a choice. And so that's the beauty, that's the invitation that he has for us, is that we get to choose it even when we feel full of fear, even when we feel full of anxiety. And I don't get that perfect, neither of us do. But we get to choose it every day and learn that he is Jehovah Shalom, God of peace. He is Jehovah Shammah, that God is already there. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my story with that. Thanks, Cole. You're welcome, babe. Um, so, like I spoke about in the beginning, um, the Lord really marked me in this past season and has continued to do so with Jehovah Rohai, which is the Lord, my shepherd. And something that I've thought about a lot with not just the good shepherd, but any shepherd, um, when their sheep start wandering away from them or they get a little too far away for the shepherd's comfort, he'll actually break their leg so they can't get away and he'll put them on his shoulders and carry them to wherever they're going. So with that in mind um, and that as, you know, being a part of this story, I have always wanted to be a mom. And at the beginning of this year, Cole and I said, let's jump in, let's start trying for a child. And it did not happen right away. And this started this whole thing between me and the Lord. And it was was really hard for me. Um, And this was the first thing in my relationship with Jesus since I really started falling in love with him, where I was questioning his power and his ability in my life. And I was grasping for control and I was thinking, you can't do this, why won't you do this? And that was really scary for me because I hadn't dealt with that type of doubt before. Um, And in the middle of this, I was on the phone with my sister-in-law, Rachel, and she was talking to her about how I was feeling and she just said, you know, Emily, you don't sound like yourself. You always used to be the person that people would come to for prayer because you would literally pray anything. You could believe that God would do anything. And you're not acting like that. Um, And I just was thinking, you know, you're absolutely right. And a big part of my testimony with Jesus and my story with him is that I, he always revealed to me that he's more than I thought he was. I get to a certain point with Jesus and he shows me he's actually more than I thought. And then I get a little bit farther and he's like, actually I'm more than what, what you thought I could be. And so I was trying to hold on to that. And in this, in this time, sorry, I'm getting a little feedback on my mic. Um, a friend of mine had given me a book a couple years ago, and it's about having a pain-free childbirth with the Lord. And I started reading this book again during this time. And inside the book, she had written a little note that said, I felt like the Lord said, she has the faith for this. And so... I felt like the Lord was telling me, you know, we'll worry about a pain-free childbirth later. (laughs) I want to assure you that you do have the faith. I have given you the faith for the conception of your son. So I started trying to walk in that to the best of my ability despite feeling. And 
Someone in my life that I really respect says what ifs have no power in them. And that's definitely true with a what if based in fear. And I know that everyone in this room can probably relate to what if my spouse dies in a car accident or what if the worst thing happens to me. And it's totally the adversary, the enemy of our soul, coming after us and trying to make us think the worst case scenario is gonna come true and it feels so real and it's really scary. And so I think that what ifs based in fear definitely don't have any power to them. However, um, I think a what if based in the wonder and the more of God. Thanks. Um, a what if, I started trying to walk in a what if based in the more and the power of God. And what I mean by that is I would start having those what if fear thoughts and I would say, combat, I would combat it with, well, what if I'm pregnant already? What if my baby is completely healthy? What if I have a beautiful son because I wanted a boy? And not in a name it, claim it sort of way, but in a way where I was sure of what my good shepherd could do. I was in a place of wonder with the Lord and banking on the more of God. So in God's loving kindness as my shepherd, I was realizing he was putting me, not putting me through this, but I was walking through this with him because he wanted that more in our relationship again. He wanted me to be closer to him than ever. And he knew there was a place that I wasn't fully trusting him, and that was with my family and the conception of my child. Um, he wanted my whole heart captured and close, and um, that required a broken leg, and that really hurt, and I felt a lot of shame about my weakness during this time, but he showed me that if strength is our goal, then weakness is scary. But if dependency on the Good Shepherd is our goal, then weakness should excite us because it's a chance to be carried by him and we get a little extra one-on-one -on -one time with him, which I think is super special. Um, so in the midst of being broken before God and crying out, saying, I believe, help my own belief, and I was trying to walk imperfectly in the power of a wonder-based what if God sent me my son, which I'm so grateful for. But he has done more than that. And he's continue, continuing to do that more than that in our family. He gave me a chance to be marked by his shepherding and to be marked by Jehovah Rohai and to be broken before him so that I could be carried by him. Um, moving forward, we also wanted to kind of come together and figure out what was, what was one of the names that really resonated with us in our marriage. You know, we've only been married just over two years, but we've already seen the Lord move in some really awesome ways in our life. And, and so we thought it would be good to talk about Jehovah Jireh, God, our, our provider, right? Um, the one who provides our every need. Um, so just a quick story, in October of 2021, we'd been married for a couple months, and as any new married couple does, you put your money together, and you 
figure out, you know, how you're making your bills work and all that stuff. And we kind of came together and we were like, it'd be good if Cole could make a little bit more money. Um, <laughs> uh, Emily was the breadwinner in our, in our marriage early on. Um, and so we, we thought, you know, Cole should probably look for a new job. He's a nice guy. He can get a, he can get a better job than he has now. And um, so I started applying at other companies and I ended up going through the full interview process with one company and they wanted me to come in for a visit. And so at that point, you know, you kind of have a good feeling, you know, they're probably going to offer me the job. And I go in pretty excited and start taking me around the, the factory plant and all this stuff and telling me a little bit about what I would be doing a little bit more specifically. And I just had this feeling, this discernment that I was like, this is not the job for me. Um, this would be terrible. I'm going to hate this. But then I had this other thought in my head that's like, but what if they offer me like a lot more money? I, I would be pretty dumb not to take it, right? But just had this feeling the whole time like this is not it. So sure enough, finish up the visit and the person who was trying to hire me let me know, um, hey, you know, we're going to send you an offer letter. And I was like, okay, great. Um, so <laughs> kind of tried to put on my poker face. I'm like, thank you, appreciate that. And I leave and I pick up the phone. I call her immediately and I'm like, they're going to offer me this job. It's going to be a lot more money and I don't want it at all. To which she was like, you're stupid. <laughs> um, why, would you not, why would you not take it? It's a lot more, lot more money. You know, this is pretty dumb. And the whole time I was just like, this is not the job for me. This is, I'm going to be miserable and I'm going to hate it and it's going to be bad for everybody. So, you know, here we were in this position where we only saw two options. We saw option A, which is stay where I was, where I was not making much money, or option B, take a lot more money but hate what I'm doing. And both of those sounded terrible to both of us for different reasons. <laughs> and... Um, but it was so cool because, you know, we were, we were like this with each other at that time. And we have some friends who have counseled us to say that, you know, the enemy tries to come at us with things and he wants us to go like this. And what God wants us to do is to come together and fight the thing, you know, hand in hand uh, as a couple, as a unit. And so that's what we did. We came together and we, we prayed and we were like, Lord, we're only thinking of two options right now. Show us option C. Well, by the grace of God, my company came back to me and fully matched the offer that I had and, and then told me they would promote me six months later. They were just like, if you can stay put for a few more months, we'll give you more money and then we'll promote you. And that's exactly what happened. Um, and it was really cool, really awesome answer to prayer. And I don't say any of that to, yes, thank you. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> God is, God is good. And I don't say that to, to say some like prosperity doctrine, like if you ask for more money, he's going to give you more money. That's not what we're trying yes, to say. Yes, we want to make it clear that yeah. <laughs> his um, name as the provider goes way beyond yeah. any financial need yeah. you could ever And have. in this instance, it was a financial provision, right? That was, that was really cool. But it was also the provision of, of a job that I felt like I would have a little bit more purpose in, right? Where, and that's something that's really big for men. We want purpose in, in what we're doing. And the Lord totally showed up. And the best part about all of it is that it gives us faith for the next thing. So 
about six months ago, I had a friend approach me with a new opportunity um, where I would be moving into a potentially new job where I would be sacrificing salary, 401k, benefits, all that stuff uh, to take on, you know, a, a, new, a new role. And Emily's going to tell you a little bit more about that. And then, so I just want to compare this to the first time. So he just recounted the first phone call he gave me about that original job. And I was like, do not do it, you know. And he called me for this six months ago job offer and said, it's going to be 100% commission. We're going to have to get off my insurance. And I said, totally do it. So, because, and that's what the Lord does, right? As we've known him to be our provider, I can look at the next situation, like we were talking about at the beginning. We can recall a history with him where he's already provided for us. So as we look forward to the future, we can say he will do that again, and I don't have to fear. Yeah, which was even more scary this time because she was like, yeah, you should do it. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) That means I have to do it. (laughs) We're on the same page. That's not good. Um, So... So yeah, we're we're about to take a leap of faith in 2024 um, with a lot of things. We're we got a baby on the way. I'm possibly stepping into a, a new job. I, there's some formalities that have to get taken care of, but um, but yet the Lord has given us peace in the midst of that, and we have really felt faithful and felt full of faith. Sorry that that He is going to provide for us. He's going to be with us every step of the way, and uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, um, with that, you know, God's names, it's important to get them into your life. They have meaning. They have lots of meaning. And, you know, they're a gift from him. And as we are getting to know him, as we continue to get to know him, his names can help us remember who he is and who he's been in our lives. And our prayer for you all, that as you meditate on his names, You should have gotten a little handout when you came in just to kind of guide you through Psalm 23. Um, And you can take that home and and meditate on it in your prayer closet or whatever you do. Um, But we are praying that more than anything that we could ever say or more more than our stories could impact you is that the Holy Spirit would touch you and your family and reveal himself to you in a new way as you meditate on these names. Um, yeah. So I'm going to pray for us really quick. Yeah, and if you if you want to take some time to pray, we've got the curved rails here in the front uh, for you to pray by yourself, and then we will also have a couple people on the straight rails if you need prayer for, for healing um, or anything like that. And we encourage you to pray the names of God in your life. Mm-hmm. So let's pray. Lord, your name is high and lifted up. It is above every other name. You are our shepherd. You provide for us. You're our peace. And you can heal. You're our righteousness. You're our sanctification. And you are a banner over us. You're the God who's there. We thank you, Lord, that we can have access to your names, that we can hide them in our heart, 
And I pray, Lord, like I said earlier, your name doesn't need any defense or explanation, but you invite us in to know more about you, to partner with you, and we're just grateful for that. So, Lord, reveal yourself through your names to this church family. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody.